and welcome to the Infinity Bros, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. Yes, it's me, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Jarrett, back to tickle your ears. It's been a hot minute since I've hosted. Uh, so for all you Infinity Bros fans out there who've been sticking around and, you know, beating down the walls, trying to get another uh, Jarrett hosted episode, um, your prayers have been answered. I am here. I am not joined by a single Infinity Bro today. Now, you may think it's just me talking to myself, but no, we do have a special guest uh, in the form of one of our top tier gold platinum star member patrons. Uh, this is none other than one of my closest friends, Devin. Devin, say hi to the folks at home. Hello, it's Jared Curtis. <laughs> it's me. In the it's me. <laughs> oh. Um, if you haven't been around us, Devin is frequently found on our streams as well. Uh, in fact, we'll talk about some of that today, but um, he is one of my closest friends. He, he stood in my wedding. And just to get to know him a little bit better, um, I want to tell you guys the story of how we first met. I feel like this would make for good content. If not, okay. they can cut it out later. <laughs> All right. Um, so Devin and I had no, I had been at the college that we both attended for a year. Um, and I had seen him in passing. I, I worked in the library at the time. And so I'd seen him there and I'm going to hang out with a mutual friend of ours named Ethan and I'm hanging out in his dorm and Ethan points Devin out to me. And he says, Hey, that guy hates your guts. <laughs> and so I say as loudly as I can to Devin, who's across the room, Hey douchebag, what's your problem? And he was the nicest guy and just kept dishing it back to me. And we um, <laughs> we played so much League of Legends back in the day. And we were so mean to each other. And it was hilarious. And out of this blossomed a brilliant friendship. Devin, can you talk about what that was like to meet your, your hero, the man you hated more than anything, and make a friendship out of this? Yeah, that was great. I mean, we hung out on uh, Second Main all the time. And, uh, I mean, to me, you were the guy that hopped over the bleachers, uh, yep. in chapel. And I was like, man, <laughs> this guy I sucks. Didn't... Yeah. <laughs> that was my first impression of you. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but many, many hours of league in dark rooms, small dark rooms. <laughs> um, a true dorm experience. Were you, was it me or was it you looking for somewhere to stay second, my second year? It was and... me. Um, so something went wrong with my credits. Um, and it wasn't anything that it was just a freak accident. And I got kicked out of the dorm that I was supposed to be in. And so, um, they approached me and they said, Hey, we have this room open. Would you be interested? And there, I was like, well, who are, who's all in the room? And they gave me the list of names and I was like, this is the best worst idea I've ever had. (laughs) Uh, and so, yeah, we became roommates. Yes. Yep. That was a beautiful time. And I, I got to tell you guys, get you a friend like Devin. So a little peek behind the curtain for, for those of you who know me. I live all the way over in Montana, right? And most of the Infinity Bros, and Devin as well, uh, live in Minnesota, right? So it's not a hop next door. This isn't me borrowing a cup of sugar. But I frequently, and this is not an exaggeration, I frequently will show up to Devin's house and just be like, all right, I'm here for a weekend, dude. Like, host me. Um, That's great. That's great. <laughs> so oh, get you a friend like that who on a whim is like, yeah, I guess we're hosting you. 
no, no, um, no. You're, you're the one that someone needs to get a friend like because we like had to convince <laughs> you guys to drive up through a blizzard to yeah. our house one time. Just how many nights did you guys stay? It was like one night. <laughs> yeah, we literally it was like it was like eight thirty p.m. and I get a text from this dude that's like, "Hey, I see you're in Minnesota. Would you guys want to come stay with us?" And um, we were actually staying with Infinity Row Robbie at the time. And Christian was like, man, that sounds really fun. I don't know if we can squeeze it into our schedule. She's like, tonight's the only free night that we have, really. And I was like, do we go up tonight? And she's like, no, we can't. And I was like, okay. I said, boys, get in the car. (laughs) And we drove up. It was like, oh, gosh. It was like sleeting, like 35, 40 mile per hour wind. Couldn't see a thing. And um, we ended up getting to your guys' place at like, two or three in the morning. And this guy was wide awake playing yeah, video man. games. Uh, oh yeah. Absolutely brilliant. So yeah, get you a friend like Devin. Um, <laughs> if you, if you're like, man, I don't have a Devin, then you're probably the leech like me who just shows up. Um, but he's here folks. And uh, he's here to tickle your eardrums with the sweet sultry tones of uh, Devin. What, what does he call you? Devin Lewini, Bellin, Nelson. Devin, Devin Rennie Llewellyn. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> no it's yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> what are we sipping on tonight what's the what's the drink of choice for Devin? this is christmas cookie cream ale by bent paddle oh wow is that backwards? bent paddle is that a is that a duluth i i probably in the recording but they can flip it around <laughs> is bent paddle is that a duluth thing it is yep yep Brilliant. it's right in duluth uh if you can't tell Patrons can see this because because you have video, obviously. But um, Devin looks like your stereotypical hipster, and I'm not going to deny that he is because he is drinking bent paddle Christmas cookie ale Man. at four o'clock. I don't in the think afternoon. I don't think anybody's ever called me a hipster besides you. Every day, I wake up every morning. I kiss uh, my boys good morning. I say hi to my wife, and I look at my picture that I have posted of you next to my bedside. And <laughs> That is the greatest hipster who ever lived. I want people to get to know you a little better, Devin. I feel like I have had years of absorbing you secondhand, uh, like walking into a, a a restaurant in the middle of nowhere that allows smoking. I've absorbed you into my pores and my skin. Um, but the folks at home haven't. And so I'm going to run you through a little segment we like to call the Infinity Gauntlet. Are you a heel or a baby face? If you could make any flavor cheese it, what would it be? Is it pronounced Grogu or Groku? If Keanu Reeves isn't in the movie, can it be star-studded? It's time for the Infinity Gauntlet, here on the Infinity Bros Podcast. Here at the Infinity Bros, we have something called the Infinity Gauntlet. I'm going to run you through a series of questions that will make or break you. I hope you survive the experience. If not, uh, we do have... Uh, nurses and medical staff on hand. So please, in, okay, in Montana, keep your great in Montana. <laughs> keep your arms and feet inside the vehicle at all times. Buckle up and have a safe ride. Um, the first one I'm going to hit you with is kind of a softball question. I get to let you brag about yourself a little bit. This comes from Mark. Devin, what is your greatest personal achievement so far in life? My greatest personal achievement. Is this supposed to be serious stuff or? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's up to you, bud. <laughs> He's like, greatest- um, well, I platinum Dark Souls. <laughs> no, my greatest personal achievement is probably, oh man, 
I guess I don't know if I ever th- thought I was going to get married and have kids. <laughs> okay, so sure. I, I think that's probably my greatest personal achievement alongside. Well, I'll just stick with that. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I gotta say, you are you are zero for one because the answer we were looking for was being in my wedding. Um, but the, we'll give you we'll give you half a point for that one. Okay. Um, this one comes at you from Isaac Infinity Bro. Isaac, it says, if you could create a crossover between any two IPs in any medium, what would it be and why? Do you know the answer to this? If you think, I about think it, I do. Be- I think I do. <laughs> I would definitely. Dark Souls, you know, the, the Soulsborne and Studio Ghibli, 100%. How do you go with that? Is it is it Studio Ghibli doing a Dark Souls movie or is it a Studio Ghibli video game in the style of Dark Souls? You know, I think we have such good Dark Souls, you know, Elden Ring story, video games, I guess. I think I would want a movie. Studio Ghibli, Dark Souls movie, yeah. Dang. You've redeemed yourself from the last question? No, I'm just kidding. Hey, by the way... <laughs> Um, if you want to talk about two of the most amazing people on earth, Devin and his wife are just, just incredible. So that is the right answer for the first one. I'm just razzing. <laughs> I have to like any good friend. Um, Max says, this is a good one. I'm curious to see how well do you know the infinity rose? I mean, you've listened to us a little bit and you went to college with all of us. I would say this much. Sure. Okay. Yep. <laughs> exactly. This much. No, um, I, I that works great in a podcast. By the way, you doing hand <laughs> gestures is fantastic for the folks at home. Oh, <laughs> I know you. I know you, and I know. I think I know Isaac a little bit. They, remember that one night they were playing that dwarf game, that dwarf mining game. Hung out oh my gosh! Guys? Yeah, that's yeah. about the extent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Can I? Okay, I have to give a little context because that was probably one of the craziest things we ever done. And I think I was streaming at that time, or maybe I just quit yeah. the stream. Yep. Yep. Um, so I was in the middle of a stream. We were playing Deep Rock Galactic. And of course, Devin and Timon were helping me out. Um, in fact, you'll if you go check out any of our older like recorded episodes of our, our Twitch stream, they're they're frequently helping me because Lord knows I'm not entertaining enough on my own. Uh so we're we're in the middle of a podcast and I had an open PlayStation party. And this was my mistake, honestly, my bad for just existing and having an open PlayStation party. <laughs> And like 35 people hop into this call and it's, it's literally, we had all six infinity bros. We had you two. And then we had a handful of like random other loose affiliations, like not even people involved in the infinity bros. Some of them went to crown. Others were just like people, other people knew. Yeah. yeah. And it was like 35 people trying to talk at once. It was a nightmare. <laughs> um, so I think I did like cut the stream right then. Cause I was like, I can't. I can't. Oh yeah, yeah, you did. I remember that. <laughs> Gosh, what a wild night! But no, what what happened that night, Jared? You remember? Too much. Um, we started talking about like uh, Disney movies, and I don't know, dude. It was buck wild. This, this this episode is like breaking a myth because for a long while everybody thought that I was you. Everybody, okay. I don't know what it do. Do we have the same voice or like, I don't know what it was, but they were like, is it just Jared talking into two different mics? And I don't know where this myth began. Um, but if you check out the pay, if you're not a patron, you should be. But if you check out the Patreon episode, you can see there's not two of me. Um, <laughs> unless it's like a cleverly generated AI can do anything these days. Um, back to Max's infinity gauntlet question. I get so off track. This is why I'm not allowed to host Evan. 
is because <laughs> I start at point A, and then like a good Elden Ring player, I just get lost everywhere along the way. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Max asks you, which would you rather have, a date with Zane or a cup of coffee with me? Me being Jarrett, not Max. Uh, 100% cup of coffee. I mean, not, nothing against uh, Zane, you said? Mm-hmm. Yep. I just like coffee too much. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the guy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> I think I met Zane, but yeah. coffee's just too good. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> there is a I have an unhealthy addiction, an unhealthy like uh just a just a wild love affair with coffee. Um and I'm famous for it on the stream because I will drink coffee at like 9 30 at night. Yeah. And um if you guys don't know, Devin is the same way. He is a coffee monster. Uh, he makes the best French press I've ever had in my life. So <laughs> what if the roles were reversed? What if it was a date with me and a coffee with Zane? Would the answer still be the same? I think it would be a coffee still. Yeah. Okay. So it's not me that you're out here. I mean, what are we doing on the coffee. date? Um, look, listen, I'm not the most romantic guy in the world, but I know yeah, what right. I'm doing. Yeah, right. Are you kidding me? I would, <laughs> I would make it about you. Um, so I would find the things that you like. It would probably be like axe throwing, dinner in a movie, maybe mm. like sunset on the lake. Like I would, I would treat you, Devin. This isn't like, yeah, that is tempting. Yeah, you know what it would be? It, we would just go to a game store and play Flesh and Blood for like nine hours. Okay. Oh, all right. Suck it, Zane. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of Zane, if you had to pick, I like this question, by the way. If you had to pick one side character from a video game to be your sidekick, who would you pick and why? One sidekick character from a video game. Absolutely. Do you know how many video games I actually play? Like four. Pretty much, it's, yeah. It's it's Dark Souls, Dark Souls <laughs> 3, Elden Ring, and Bloodborne. So I think I would either pick, uh, is it Solera Vastora? Yeah, okay. Or uh, is it? Sigurd? Is that his name? Of Katarina? Oh, Sigvard? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Those That's guys. Okay. Those guys are the homies. <laughs> <laughs> so what you just described are like um well-meaning, lovable idiots who are just yes. like it's me, Devin. You just described me. <laughs> He's nice, but there's not a lot upstairs. Um appreciate that, bud. Uh, that's fantastic. Okay, you do have to give a why, though. That's the second half of this question. A why. why specifically them? Why not like patches or? Um, okay, so what's the do? What's the do you know Solaire's story? Finger guy from. Yes. You do know. I haven't Solaire's played story? the game, but I knew though. I know the backstory. Yes. Okay, so he's he's in. Uh, what is it? Lordran, I think. Yeah. He's there to find his son. Mm-hmm. So his story is so epic you know yeah. he's he's there he's making all the sacrifice and then if you progress one way he eventually like succumbs to the darkness you know right and i think it's a mistake in the game if he if he stays good like you have to jump through a lot of hoops and you kind of right. come by it on on mistake right so just going through that with solaire i think that'd be that'd yeah. be something that'd be wild okay so we just made the comparison that like you love uh, redeemable dumb idiots who succumb to darkness within themselves. <laughs> so what? <laughs> that doesn't bode well for me, Devin. <laughs> like, at which point do I turn heel and just become the villain of my own story? No, um, you don't do that, Jared. Yeah, <laughs> I hope. Um, 
this comes from Robbie. If you could pick any director you want, this is the most softball. This is that. Hey, Robbie, I love you to death, man. But this is the most like vanilla question ever. If you could pick any director to do any movie you want, who would you direct and what would the movie be? This is just like, hey, Devin, make a movie. Who would I direct? No, it's so you get a director to make a movie for you. Who's the director and what movie do they make? Oh, this man. is I mean, we know the answer. You and I know the answer. <laughs> I think I'm going to change it up on this one. Please. I really love Wes Anderson. Oh, OK. He is just phenomenal with all yeah. of his, his movies. It's a hard pivot from what I thought you were going to say. I okay. know, man. Yeah, so I think I'd pick Wes Anderson and the theme of the movie, man. I'd have to stick with the theme of one, any one of his movies, you know, like sure. his, they're all old timey. They all have such just amazing cinematography characters. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what story I'd pick. <laughs> you just, so your, your idea of a perfect movie is just like Wes Anderson. Like, yes, yes. I love all of his stuff. <laughs> My great, the greatest movie ever made. I'll the done. next Wes Anderson movie. That That's what I pick. <laughs> I love that for you. I'm going to kick it back to the old days, uh, the the foundation of what would become this uh, titan of friendship. If you could hang out with one League of Legends character in real life, who would it be and why? Oh, my god! Like a day. Just spend a day with this person. Man, I hate League of Legends now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let me just think about the characters. While you're doing this, I have to ask, did you watch Arcane? Yes, I did. I love that show. What, that was, okay, good. That was. Is there a second season out yet? <laughs> Not yet. Soon. And we don't know if they're going to continue the story, which I hope they do, or if they're going to pivot to a different part of Runeterra. Um, I hope they stick with the story and maybe give us pieces of Runeterra, but we'll see. Okay. Um, but okay. It, you, Devin, who would you spend time with? The, yeah, so I don't know any of the lore of League of Legends. Sure. Literally just played the game. It's like, changed completely from when we were playing, so don't right. worry about it. So the last the last person that I ended on kind of loving to play was Talon. Oh, sure. Okay. So I think I'd probably just pick Talon. I like that character, yeah. like like the mechanics and stuff. So yeah. yeah. You really want to get stabbed in the back by this dude. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. <laughs> or just ride on it. his back, see what he's doing, right. you know? <laughs> Watch it. Um, <laughs> you passed, I guess? <laughs> I mean, it was a little hit or miss there, but I, I, I'll i give you a, a seal of approval. All right. All right. We talked about, and, and I think we'll continue to talk about as the years go on here, um, some of your favorite loves. And one that we share is, and in fact, you were the one who really drove this home for me, um, is a love of the Soulsborne series, right? Uh, oh, yeah. And can you talk about that a little bit? Because you got me started with it, and, and I'll talk about my experience, but what got you into Soulsborne? Why these games in particular? I, I don't know if I've told you this before, but the reason why I got into Soulsborne, so I, I downloaded Bloodborne when it was free, and I downloaded it. I went through the character creation, got down to where all the first guys are, you know? Yeah. And I was like, this game is impossible. There's no... I, I hate this game. I yeah. deleted <laughs> yeah. it. And my wife's... Ebony's dad... He downloaded it and he started playing it and he loved it. And yeah. he's like, man, you, you have got to download this game and try it again. So Ebony's dad is actually the one that got me into playing the Soulsborne games. And after going through that and the challenge, just, okay, playing Soulsborne games and the challenge of that 
compared to any other game is just it feels wrong not, right yeah it's not satisfying anymore once you play Soulsborne games and go back to another game like oh man i don't know i totally of, understand yeah yeah anything so you got me hooked this same way and, and i want to share that a little bit too i you were like jared you have to play Bloodborne. And I was like, screw this. Absolutely not. And I tried it. You and I tried it for a couple of days and I hated it. Like I was miserable. And what made it worse, I'd like to share this story. It's not embarrassing for you, but it's absolutely embarrassing for me. So Dev and I were playing and in the middle of it, I get like this worst, the worst vertigo I've ever had in my life, like horrible motion sickness. And I, I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm going to die. And so I say, hey, hey, Dev, I got to go. I'll catch you later, bud. And I think that I turned off my PlayStation. I don't know why I thought this. And I I didn't have time to take off my headphones. I didn't have time to mute. I literally, I was wearing a hoodie like this. I stuffed my controller in my pocket with my headset still on. (laughs) I run to the bathroom and I just die. like, Like five minutes just vomiting projectiles. And I hear the kindest, gentlest voice in my entire life in my ear go, Hey, bud, you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm so glad you told that story. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. For five minutes, dude, I'm just like, (laughs) this mic. I don't know how it's done it on your end, but. I thought you were just going to say your internet was bad, and that's why you didn't like playing it. (laughs) No, but you kept, you were so persistent about it, and you're like, you have to get back into this. It was a long time that you you didn't play. Like we got to, we beat the first couple bosses in Bloodborne, and then we got down to Old Yarnum. I think it was, and you're like, "Nah, I'm out. Not playing this anymore." And then you kept t- like you and Timon. Timon was like, uh, "It's okay. I'll, I'll play it every once in a while." And then out of nowhere, you were like, "Jared, just download it." Like I'm, I'm not going to keep arguing with it, but you have to just keep trying. And I did. And then I got into Dark Souls, and I was like, "I hate these games." <laughs> but I'm still playing them. And uh, it grew into that sort of same feeling that you're talking about, where it's like every game felt, I don't want to say too easy, because even some of those games aren't too easy, but they held your hand too much. Yeah. And I wanted to be able to like make my mistakes until I got better. And um, I, I think that's something that's a sticking power of the genre. So, so I want to talk a little bit more about your experience. How do you, if you were to look at these objectively, I'm not even objective. I wanted you to give your honest opinion on this. What makes these games in particular great? And and if you were to rank the ones that you've played so far, what makes those better than say the other ones around them? Hmm. I would just say that you have to like, you kind of have to enjoy what you're doing not even enjoy it. It's just, it makes it the thing that makes them great is that you feel so satisfied when you're done yeah. doing something like in Elden Ring, that uh, Andrea Vastora character that I created, he he doesn't fast travel, so I, I walk everywhere. The only, I guess, I take that back. The only place he fast travels to is to the uh, the round table, yeah. And then he comes back exactly where he left off. But just go, and I'm not I'm not summoning anybody. I'm going through everything okay. by myself, and just beating, like getting to the next site of grace is it, it's so satisfying or when you open up a door that only opens from one way this is the this is the problem with elden ring players we're such degenerates like any <laughs> souls that like we're like the regular version of this game is not hard enough let's make it more <laughs> difficult on ourselves i have to say though jared you're way better at these games now than i am like really my, 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That like, feels was, wrong, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, w- when I'm by myself, yeah. I know what's in a room. Cause I've gone through a lot of the stuff before. Sure. And I'm like, I sit there for a little bit and I'm like, do I really want to play Elden Ring right now? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go into that room. I know, I know I'm going to die. I yeah. know I'm going to have to do it again. But once you get over it, you know, it's, it just, that's, that's why they make, what makes those games so good is that they're, it's an achievement that you feel. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about Dark Souls quite a bit and Dark Souls three had a, had a big sticking point for me. It's the first time you meet the big singing lady. Um, it's like the second, I can't remember what the second area is after they lift you away and you've defeated uh Vort or whatever of the Boreal Valley. Um, yeah, and yeah. you see that like rundown town and she's surrounded by all those stakes or whatever. And yeah, that to me, that was what made me hate Dark Souls three for the longest time is every time I would go into that area, I had two options. Either I fought all of these dudes, wasted my resources, and then immediately died. <laughs> or I tried to run past them and would immediately die. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that that high that you get and you chase it forever of like, you're like, this is impossible. I will never succeed. And then it just one time it clicks for you. And every time you go back to that spot, you're like, this is cakewalk. And you look at yourself in the progress and it's like, oh, it's, it's, oof, that's a great feeling. Yeah. That's how, like, that's exactly how I felt when I played Bloodborne for the first time. Cause you walk down the stairs where the, they're having that big burn fest of the hunt. Oh and yeah. You hit one of the guys and you see his health bar go down like a quarter or a third yeah. and you're like, <laughs> just a sliver. There's 30 of these guys over here. How am I yeah. ever, you either got to run past them or you got to figure something out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you just keep growing in, you know, learning the game, getting better at it. So we're we're specifically going to talk about Elden Ring because um, the the Game Awards just happened. Elden Ring took home quite a bit. They got best uh, game direction, they got the game of the year, um, best role playing game, and then best art direction. And obviously, you and I believe that these are well deserved. But for people who have never played these games, um, is Elden Ring the place to start? What what would you say is the Soulsborne that if you've never touched it, where do they begin? I think I would say Elden Ring because there's so many other open world games where if you go to like a Bloodborne or a Dark Souls 3, it's going to feel extremely linear and you're not going to feel the freedom to go somewhere else um, as opposed to Elden Ring where you can go, you know, fight um, Margit and get stuck and then go yeah. all the way down to uh where man was sleeping peninsula or Lindgrave and yeah and just try something else or find any one of the small small dungeons defeat right. the boss in the dungeon get a cool weapon or uh one of the spirits you know and then, and then you better yourself in that way you keep leveling up that way and then you can go back to um go back to where you're stuck and try again a different strategy you know yeah and and mechanically too like we talked about this when the bros first got started cuz I believe for Robbie and Isaac, this was the first like Soulsborne they had ever touched. And to see the progress that they made, just like absolutely getting slapped around by the first bosses, but they would go out in the wild and just farm like you do. And you could see the mechanics sort of click with them. Um, I mean, none of us are like parrying masters, although um, I, I've been trying more of that. But yeah. that growth that you see, not just in your character, but in you as a person as well is really cool. Um have you gotten anybody, obviously you got me and Tim into the series as a whole, but has Elden Ring been anything for 
uh, somebody that surprised you? Like, has anyone around you touched Elden Ring that you didn't expect to? Dylan, my brother-in-law, he he played it for a little bit, but he's he's just too busy for any any video sure. games. So that. that would be the only person. I, I guess I'm not like a Elden Ring evangel or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me, and I already play the game. Yeah. Yes. Uh, another thing that I, I think I would say about Elden Ring is that it's more it's more forgiving in the sense of your character build. Whereas in, in uh, Bloodborne or Dark Souls, in order to rebuild your character, you can only do that a certain number of times. And it's, you have to find something that's hard yeah, to find. Um, very unless difficult. you look up wikis like Jared over here. Yeah. But- <laughs> <laughs> unless you cheat. <laughs> that's interesting too, because you talked about like the approachability of this. And, and that's a big factor that I think played into the success of this game in particular is like when we would play Dark Souls and, and Bloodborne, the process even for you and I to connect and play together was a nightmare. Oh, right. Like it yeah, was yeah. so difficult. And in Elden Ring, you know, within five minutes of me booting up the game, you and I can hop on. And if you wanted to, you could carry me through the whole game pretty easily. Right. And with the, I can't remember what they called them, but they were called Ashes in the Dark Souls 3 mod. But now yeah, they the have it. Yeah. Yeah. Where you can even like, just put your sign everywhere. And this is something I've been doing frequently with my, my higher up characters where I'll just put my sign for whoever needs it. If you're playing the game for the first time or the millionth time, like yeah. whoever wants to summon me can summon me. I've heard this argument a lot and I, and I have a very strict stance on this. Do you think that sort of ruins the experience for people that this isn't a true dark souls because of how approachable it now is with the ashes and, and all these other things? I don't think so. I mean, I, the thing that bugged me from when you when we first downloaded the game, when we first started playing it right when it released, the map was I was putting down those markers everywhere. So when yeah. when there was an NPC, I would put down a marker or uh like a treasure chest or something. I would use those different uh flags and just the different little icons that they had for for NPCs, but now they put they put markers on the map for where yeah. each of the little Santa Clauses are, where each of the, <laughs> where each of the NPCs are that something like that bugged me. But as far as the approachability of uh, putting down your sign, I don't know. It's different. I mean, there's dark souls three, there's bloodborne for that. And I mean, just to, just to talk about that a little bit, like if you summon somebody to your world, it's a risk, you know, cause you will get invaded and that resource that you use up is very precious. Yeah, and they're hard to come by. Like you can farm them, but the drop rate is is silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't bug me. It's such a big game, and there's so many challenges in it, and you can make it more challenging. You know, so I think that's the thing I point back to is like uh, they made all of this optional. There's no requirement to do any of this. Uh, you can go through, for example, you're doing your run where you don't fast travel. That's great. Um, I'm currently working on a top secret project. Not oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm working on a top secret project where I'm very limited in like what weapons and spells I can use. And I think that that keeps these games alive. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about the DLCs and, and what's coming down the pipeline and what's already got come down the pipeline. But what allows a game like this and even something like Skyrim to stand the test of time is it? it is whatever you want it to be. If you want yeah. it to be more difficult, make it more difficult. If you want it to be easy, grab a friend and your best spirit summons and make it easy. 
Um, and I think that's more than anything what allows this to stand the test of time and say, like, this is a well-deserved game of the year. You saw the video game awards, correct? Or at least the snippet. I saw the snippet. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I want you to talk about <laughs> why Elden Ring <laughs> has the need for a reformed rabbi Bill Clinton. Do they or oh don't they? Is this an NPC we're getting down the pipeline? Was it all a elaborate lose, ruse to talk about the next DLC where we get um, former presidents as characters? <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't even know what to say to that, Jared. <laughs> I know. I, this dude I, just walked up on stage with all the confidence on earth. I want to be this confident in everything I do every day. Where like <laughs> I can walk into a video game award, walk on stage, and look like I belong. All just all black, hands hands folded in front of him, just standing there like the rest. <laughs> this kid was wearing like like the Walmart dad sneakers. You know what I mean? Like, look at this kid's shoes. He clearly was like it, he was mimicking Reggie Fisame as much as possible. Gosh, absolutely brilliant. Before we move on. Devin, yes. If you could approach Elden Ring one more time, we love to do character builds. You and I. This is sort of a thing that we've fallen into. What is your next like down the pipeline? When when Andre, I don't know what your guy's name is again, but when Andre is finished with his journey, uh, what go? What happens from here? Are you going to do a PvP build? Uh, do you want to wait and see what the next DLC offers? Like, what is the future of Elden Ring for Devin, Benny, Luev, and Nelson? <laughs> Man, the next. So you're looking for the next build, okay? The first, the main was sorcery. Uh, Andre is strength. Ooh, Man. okay. Big, big hammer boy, bonk boy. Yeah, I, I think I want to do like a dexterity, the blood build, the the arcane build. Okay. I haven't. I've been. I've debating. tried it. It's nasty. I think the the recent uh, nerfs hit it quite a bit, but it's still like. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's on. it. That's it. Okay. I'm going to pivot a little bit. We've been talking about Elden Ring for a while, and I want to talk about one of the other, like, passions. I don't want to say passions, but one of the other things that you enjoy, one of your other hobbies. Because um, you are sort of a man of very little uh, social media and, and this sort of presence. And so we, we've we talked quite a bit with people in the trading and collectible card game uh, sort of social sphere. Um We've had Tomer and Krim of the uh, MTG Goldfish on here as well. And so I've had this conversation with people who are deeply ingrained into TCGs. And I haven't had this conversation as much with people who are sort of the average person, right? You don't sit here and check Twitter every five minutes for new like right, Magic right. the Gathering news. You're probably not on Reddit. Yeah, um, no. The only exposure is maybe like the little snippets you've seen on Discord with us. So yes. Um, Magic, give me first. Give me like, what are your Magic the Gathering credentials? Um, well, I started playing Standard. Let's see here. That was probably back in 2014. Yeah. Um, did you play Magic before me, or where did we get into I, it together? No, so I did, but I had, I had a sort of like falling out of Magic. Okay. Um, I had a roommate who was not a very good guy. <laughs> who played magic uh and so he kind of turned me off of it for a while and then for years i didn't do it and our mutual friends as well as you um got me back into it just before my wedding yeah and okay. i hadn't played at that point for like probably five or six years okay but yeah 
Yeah. So one of my best friends in high school, he, he got me into magic a summer that I came home from college mm-hmm. and uh, he taught me how to play. He gave me some cards and, you know, just messed around with that. And then we attended the, uh, I think it was the origins pre-release. Oh, we sweet. Went in, wow. Yeah. We went in and we, we, you know, we paid our 20 bucks and then we left. We didn't even build decks or anything. And people, <laughs> people were kind of looking at us like, who the heck are these guys? Just swipe cards and bounce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think we were just kind of nervous, didn't want to stick around. Sure. That's <laughs> but, hilarious. Uh, yeah, and then got into it with you guys down at, at Crown with Jeff and yep. Ethan. And um, then to get married, I sold everything, man. Yeah. And, oh my gosh, I look back at some of the cards that I sold. Yeah, yeah, like, dude. <clears throat> did I tell you that? Uh, I was trying to get the combo for the Earthbound or Earthcraft, uh, you know, whatever combo way back then for standard. Sure. Yeah. And looking, I think I bought Earthcraft for 19 bucks, 20 bucks, and now it's, you know, 120. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> many of those, yeah, a lot of those cards that I had back then, I'm like, Why? Yeah. Everybody switched to playing commander now, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, then I got back into it after I moved back up to uh, the Duluth area. My brother-in-law got me back into it and we just play casually. Never, never attend any Friday night magics, anything like that. We just kind of make decks. Not really. Okay. So when we played down in the cities, we would build decks purposely just to kind of screw each other over, you know, Jeff yeah. would build the deck, yeah. mono white yep. deck and I'd build the mono black deck or whatever to try to, mess with them but now just playing commander is so much different i didn't play it back then but you find a commander that you looks interesting and the way that okay the way that i play video games or the way that i play uh magic i kind of try to find a quirky or like the worst looking dude yeah and i'll try to build yeah I'll try to build the best thing that I can with it, but I don't look up anything. I, I try yeah. not to look up. So I just try to do it off of my own knowledge of the game. And a lot of the times it's terrible, but there's, there's certain like, okay. Like uh, what is it? Command. Is it command nights? Night game nights. Yeah. Game nights where they had like that, uh, that deck breakdown for a commander deck where you're supposed to have, you know, 10 pieces of ramp 10 yeah. pieces of card draw, whatever. I the use formula. that. Yeah. yeah, I use that formula, but then I just kind of mess around with it and have fun with the game. And a lot of yeah. times it, it works pretty good. You know, you have fun with it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm not going for any CEDH or anything. <laughs> I think that's sort of the draw of the format. And and there's there's a lot of conversation about how commanders becoming less and less of that. It's becoming too optimized and too fast. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and I can see that, and I'm I'm curious if you see that as well. If it's changed for you, I mean, you haven't been playing Commander super long, but has it felt like it's gone too fast, or or at least doesn't feel like it did when you started? The set releases a hundred and fifty percent, definitely way too fast. Like, I mean, I I used to when I was watching YouTube and stuff, I would watch uh, the Professor or uh, yeah. Commander's Quarters, and it's just ridiculous how many videos they would release daily or or weekly to try to keep up with the (laughs) pre-releases or the or the spoilers so that is i mean kind of what we're going to be talking about with with flesh and blood right what so we we, this is something that like i see a lot of this discourse um i obviously like through the infinity bros and through some of the personal stuff 
I I try to keep connected with what's going on with magic. Okay. And I've seen this same thing resonate through people who are like terminally or terminally online, right? People who don't get off their computers and yeah, yeah. this is all they do is talk about magic. And so I was curious if that fatigue felt the same from you. And it sounds like it is. Um, we talked quite a bit about Magic 30 being the yeah, big, you yeah, know, the, okay. they had their big 30th anniversary and all this. And it, it sort of became a cash grab, right? Like there was, they did their secret layer and there was a lot of issues with that. And then the 30th anniversary, like packs that were recently, I don't know if you saw this, they were like $250 packs right, right. with cards that weren't tournament legal. Yeah, they're um, all proxies, aren't they? <laughs> exactly. They, you, can't, you can't call them proxies, but they are. Oh my gosh. Um, and so to you, the average person, not terminally online, not this isn't the most important things to you, but does this dissuade you from magic? Do you think at this point it's feeling more and more like it's it's sort of shifting by the wayside or are you still invested in this? I mean, I, yeah, I think I'm casually invested in it. Sure. Just because I'm not trying to keep up with all of the newest sets, yeah. you know, like, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not keeping up with all the spoilers and not chasing all of the chase cards, I guess. Right. But I could see somebody just coming into it, being excited about all of these sets. Cause there's so much product coming out that they have so many options to choose from. Sure. Whereas somebody that's played the game for a long time and they were used to sets releasing four or five times a year and chewing yeah. on what was released. Now there's a set released. What is it? Once a month, once every other month. I mean, it feels like it's once a week, but yeah. 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 So um, yeah, I don't know. What would be the thing? Cause we're going to talk about it in here in a minute, how you sort of have been transitioning more and more, probably more than anyone I know to flesh and blood, but what would be, what would be some of the things that maybe not necessarily the nail in the coffin or the, the straw that broke the camel's back, but what would be the things that would drive you away from magic at this point? Things that would drive me away from magic. Uh, probably just the price point of, sure. of the cards, of the packs. I mean, seeing that Warhammer 40k, the, those commander decks. Yeah. I didn't know. I don't know anything about Warhammer, you know, right. but pre-con commander decks are fantastic. I, I like those. Yeah. Um, but seeing the base one for 70 bucks and like, I mean, it's fine if there's a collector one for, what was it? 300, 350. Yeah. That was the standard price. I don't know. They probably went up from there. <laughs> I said, there's no MSRP on these. So right. You don't yeah. know the actual value, but yep, like yep. pre-order, some people were able to pick them up for 40 bucks. That didn't last. A lot of places canceled the pre-orders and just said like, sorry, yeah. we can sell these for more. Um, we went to target and I was going to pick one up. Target's selling them for like 75, 80 bucks right now. Jeez. And I look at that and I'm like, these are supposed to be the approachable starter decks. Right, right. And you you can't touch them. So if you're a 40K fan, and I, obviously like a lot of this is due to um, people wanting to buy them either as collector's items or knowing that the price will inflate naturally. Um, and so a lot of it is like magic finance, people trying to get. And so if you're a 40K fan, you see this and you're like, all right, this product was made for me. Mm -hmm. They want to get my attention. I'm a games workshop whale. So I spend money on miniatures anyways. <laughs> and you look at this and you say, I can either get the product that's made for me for what it was. It was 75, 80 bucks at target, or I could just go spend more on the hobby. I'm already doing. I could just yeah. go spend $80 worth of an army and get, you know, a couple of mini figs for Christmas. Right. Right. Um, 
Yeah, man, that's hard to watch. And I and I understand why people are shifting away. I you say know, this I, knowing full well I have more packs that I have to open <laughs> in the room. But. I understand that, like, obviously the price is going up. But something I think that, that pushes me away a little bit more than that is I, I'm not a huge fan of, like, mashups with different oh, sure. themes. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of them are the, what is it called, secret... Uh, secret layers and universes yeah, 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 beyond. yeah. But like bringing Transformers or The Walking Dead or all all those different themes into Magic, and all those cards are legal, correct? Yeah, for for Commander, yes. it's just yep. That's just kind of a turnoff because I like the Magic, uh, I just the Magic world. Yeah, yeah. Even even bringing Dungeons and Dragons into it, like rolling D twenties and stuff. That's that's fun and everything, but. I just Dungeons and Dragons world, keep it over there and the magic yeah. world, keep it over there. I don't know. When you get your plate of food at Thanksgiving, are you like mashed potatoes get this side, turkey gets this oh, side? No, oh, no, dude. I make, a, I make a whole you Thanksgiving make, sandwich. Okay. <laughs> um, but you're one of the ones where like I sat across from you and plopped down Starscreen. You're like, okay, this feels a little weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Especially totally space, space theme. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. That's so that's interesting because um, there is this sort of conversation surrounding and a lot of the people that I interact with, again, are very like ingrained players, terminally online like myself. Yeah. Um, and we're sort of like, all right, play whatever. Like, I don't mind. And and I think I'm hearing more and more from people who aren't that way um, talking about that. Like, you know, I, I just I don't understand why there's a need for like megatron to be in the middle of your deck while we're playing magic i don't i don't know why we have to have frodo carrying the ring right you know, in the right. middle of like, oh man dude and so I, I i understand um with all this that we've sort of talked about here um you have made a shift and, and it was one that kind of surprised me because i had been looking into this and i didn't know anyone who played and then i i found out completely by accident when we came to visit you i was like wait you have flesh and blood and you pulled out <laughs> Not just one or two like decks that you picked up at your local game store. You brought me guys. Peek behind the curtain. I love Dane. <laughs> I love Devin, but he's one of the most like zany people I've ever met. This dude brought me into his basement, and I was like, he's gonna murder me. Uh, no, he brought me into his basement, unlocked a vault, and started pulling out flesh and blood. Like I'm not joking. This dude has a vault in his basement full of flesh and blood cards. Um, why? What what got you into flesh and blood and like what was the what was the reasoning there? Was it the IP? Was it the collectability? Why flesh and blood? You know, I don't even know. Man, did I you just I accidentally just... spend like so much money buying flesh and blood? No, I think I just stumbled upon flesh and blood on sure. YouTube. Probably. No, you know what? I think it was the professor on YouTube. Okay. Uh, I stumbled yeah. upon the flesh and blood video, and he, you know, he loved it, and yeah. I started watching how to plays and stuff like that and a couple deck builds. And I think I was getting sick of uh, Commander again, moving up here. <laughs> it was, That's funny. It was, <clears throat> one of the problems is that it's, the standards started to feel samey to me down in the cities. Sure, totally understand. And now the Commander, yeah, yeah, Commander hasn't gotten to that point because you can build, you, there's so many different builds. Right. Um, but I think I was just like, you know, this game kind of feels pointless almost. I don't know. You're kind of doing the same thing, bringing out so many commander yeah. decks are token based, you know? Sure. Um, so yeah, I just, just shifted over to flesh and blood and I bought 
uh, Tales of Aria was the set that I got into. Mm. And I think I bought six booster boxes. <laughs> wow. How much for booster boxes? <laughs> you don't have to say if you don't want to, but how much were booster boxes back then? Uh, booster boxes, I think it was 80 bucks a piece. It wasn't. Oh, that's not bad. I, I was picturing way worse. <laughs> no, no. So, um, and then I bought, uh, a, so in, in that six was a case of first edition Tales of Aria, sure. which is still unopened. And that's, the price hasn't changed. It's been about the same since I bought it, you know, a year ago <laughs> oh, <no>. or so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, then after that, I bought each of the, uh, each of the sets previous and I bought sure. every set after that. And uh, I've never been to a uh, skirmish event. You know, I've never been to uh, a store cause there's nothing around me. Actually, I got okay. something to tell you about that. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so I just play with friends and play with my wife. Thankfully, she plays. Yeah, <laughs> reluctantly. <laughs> you're like a you're like a dragon in its lair, just hoarding your cards until someday, yeah. like your son is gonna have to challenge you to a death match to win them all. Oh my gosh, um, that's brilliant. So what? Okay, so t- tell me, like, what is what is sort of what you look for when you look for in flesh and blood? Like, is there a certain type of build that you like? Is there a certain type of hero that you like, or is it just you know flavor of the week? How does that work for you? What do you enjoy about this game? I feel like, okay, I, I like that there's, you have equipment cards, which is co- something completely unique to this game. Magic doesn't have, I mean, the equipment in Magic's not like this. Right. Um, it starts on the battlefield, correct? Yeah, you, you start with cards on the field, and the game goes from 0 to 60 right when it starts. So yeah. your opening hand could be, you know, your biggest play of the game because you there's no resources. There's no mana. Right. There's no ramping up. It's just every card can do multiple things. Right. And whether that be pitch it for resources or uh, play it for what it is, attack for it, defend. Right. Um, so I, it's just, it's a lot more strategic in. And it's not that waiting game, right? Like you don't have to ramp up and, and feel powerful on turn six or seven. Right, it's right. there from the get go. It kind of almost feels like, it kind of feels like you're playing chess at some sure. some points because you have to you have to sacrifice and you have to choose when to sacrifice. And obviously yeah. there's that in magic, but it feels like it feels greater in flesh and blood. I don't know sure. if you, if you want to do you know how the game plays? Yes. Like could you explain it? Okay. You if you want to share a quick like for somebody who's never touched the game, how does it operate? Okay, so you you start out with a hand of four cards. And on your turn, there's there's one main phase. It's, I think it's called your action phase. And you have one action point. And one that, once that action point is gone, uh, your turn's basically over. But many right. of the cards that you get, they either give you an additional action point or uh, they give you something called go again, which refreshes your action point. Right. Um, and the, the game's played kind of like, uh, like a melee duel almost in right. like a video game. You're just fighting one-on-one. So each of the cards that you play is just like a slice at somebody or a head jab or, or something like that. Right. And they the opponent can defend, um, but in doing so, they're losing cards out of their hand. Because something that's important about this game is you you draw at the end of your turn, and you don't you don't ever draw after that until the end of your next turn. So if you're using right. cards out of your hand during your opponent's turn, you have less to use during right. your turn. So. So it sort of changes the action economy and then, you know, the way that you plan your turns is based more off of like, 
if I spend this now, I don't have it for the future. As right, opposed right. to like, I'll just refresh at the beginning. Yep. Um, yep. That's interesting too. And I think the power fantasy of magic is oftentimes, and it's not always the case, there's control decks and whatever. But the power fantasy is like, I am a general leading my army. Mm-hmm. And in this, it is really... I don't want to I don't want to like get too emotional about a, a card game but like it is more personal in that sense right like it is you and your opponent it is you staring off against each other and like who's the greater hero my hero or your hero um sure, yeah. that's kind of cool I like that because I feel like not enough card games are that now a lot of them do look at magic for inspiration and and even like Hearthstone isn't necessarily magic but it is that same sort of style and so <clears throat> to see something that's more like this this intimate like personal combat uh with this level of strategy is pretty cool yeah i think like that's that's like kind of the theming of the game i think mm-hmm. what draws me more specifically is that uh, two players playing with the same deck there's not going to be as much variation and who's going to win like by random chance off your draws oh sure um it, it's going to be the player that is more strategic in right. in playing the game like ebony beats me almost every time that we play <laughs> same with board games she is such yeah. she's good at chess she's good at board I've games. played against ebony i can confirm she is the smartest person in the room when she's yeah she, yeah she plans she's strategic so yeah that's brilliant so what does the future look like for flesh and blood i know they just i i don't know what to call it but they had like sort of a rebranding or reprinting uh they changed the style of how they do things what happened there and like what does that mean for the future of this product I don't know everything about this, but they went from, <clears throat> sorry, they, they shifted from printing for each set that they released, they would release a first edition of the set. And then I think it was a month later, they would release an unlimited edition, which was supposed to be printed forever, basically. Yeah. And I think that that got uh, unfeasible for them to do. So maybe, maybe like a year ago, they shifted to something called flesh or flesh and blood 2.0 where now it's printed like magic sets where every set there's just one release and they changed the pull rates for more rare cards a little bit. They're a little bit more difficult to come by. Um, but going forward, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think too, like, Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, we had it. We had a little hiccup there where the internet was sputtering. I think too, like um, that's one of the things that I liked about Flesh and Blood, and it is kind of hard to see that it's gone. Um, oh right, because I loved that idea where like it was more approachable by by virtue of like I didn't need the best version of whatever. I just wanted a usable version. I want to yeah. play your game, and if I get into it such where I want to like bling out my deck that's when I'll pursue those higher rarity cards. But I wonder if financially people were just like, I'll just keep buying the cheaper cards and the collectors can do what they want to do. But um, with a lot of the whales, especially at the time that this came out, this came out um, like in the middle of the pandemic, I think right, right. originally. And so I think a lot of the whales were chasing like Pokemon and, and to some degree magic as well. And so I wonder if it was just a sustainability thing or whatever, but um I, I don't know if you would know this, but is proxying a thing in Flesh and Blood? Uh, as far as... Uh, like, like do people as, do it? Like, do people as make... far as having having the card and yeah. just, just shuffling something else into your deck, yeah. I I would assume that they do. <laughs> sure. I mean, if you have the card, you, you can... 
Yeah. I think they show it in your mind and be like, Hey, I just right, don't right. want to use this in every day. Interesting. Yeah. So, okay. Before we, cause we're getting to about that time. I think we should start winding it down, but I am curious um, if somebody wanted to get into this hobby, um, do they move to Duluth, Minnesota or where is a good place for them to start? What do you, how do you get into flesh and blood? So interesting thing here, Jared, Please. I found out yesterday, I think it was, there was a store there's a store over in Superior that started carrying flesh and blood cards. Hey, let's go. I'm over yeah, to so, I, <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah, Duluth, Minnesota. That's a great, great place to start playing flesh and blood. I guess. <laughs> um, but no, I would just purchase a couple. They have these things called blitz decks, which are basically the pre-cons. Um, but it's, it's kind of a, it's not a lesser format, but it's um, different, right? It's faster. And yeah. It's a smaller helpful. deck. Yeah. You have less life that you start out with. And each of these blitz decks, if you buy them on Amazon, they're like 20 bucks. But if you go to TCG player, you'll find them for 12, 15 bucks. Um, And it's everything that you need to play if you get two of them and just shuffle them up and start playing with a friend. So to get into that, you have all, all the, the deck that you need, all the equipment. Um, And then it's a place to start upgrading from. uh, If you actually want to go to your local game store that carries flesh and blood to start, you know, doing skirmishes, which, I don't even know if I should be talking about that. I've never even done that. <laughs> <laughs> Me, the guy who's never done it. Yeah. I mean, of the two of us on this call, you are the 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 guy. So it's not a big pool, but it is the one we're drawing from. Well, Devin, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, we appreciate having you on. Devin is one of our patrons, so if you want to check out our Patreon, please, we will provide a link below. Uh, you too. For the low, low price of uh, your arm, your leg, and everything in your wallet, uh, can join us on an episode. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I can get in trouble for this later. They can yell at me all they want. But uh, we are looking forward to maybe bringing Devin back. Uh, we want to do more Time Stone episodes, so I would love to have him on for one of our Studio Ghibli ones. All right. Um, and if you want to check out Devin, Devin does not exist on social media. Uh, he is only a figment of my imagination. Uh, You'll this have to is come exa- see me in person. Yeah. <laughs> this is maybe why – this is lending credence to the rumor that, like, you're not real. I'm just talking to two different mics. Um, but if you do want to check out Devin, uh, my stream schedule – is horrible right now. But if I do stream again, if and when we get back to streaming, uh, he is almost always on with me. So uh, come pick his brain at twitch.tv slash the underscore infinity underscore bros. <laughs> I always forget. I was like, where did the underscores go? Is there a the in our name? I don't remember. Um, I believe that's the right link. If not, uh, check it out in the links down below. And to you, our beautiful listeners, wherever, however you're listening, Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. We love you, 3000. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.